Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere, where CEOs, leaders, and experts at building teams, companies, organizations, and amazing cultures share how to lead from anywhere in the world. I'm your co-host on the East Coast, Ginny Bianco Mathis. And I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon. And we invite you to join us to Team Anywhere. How do you build connectedness across a hybrid company of 150 people? You invest your time, support, love, and select truly thoughtful gifts that demonstrate your care for every aspect of your individual employees' lives. On today's podcast, you'll hear from the engaging and energetic CEO of Janelle Group, Darren Janelle, who has created the connectedness required to excel as a team anywhere. Hello and welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. I'm your co-host on the West Coast where it is just boiling (laughs) in California. And our incredible co-host, Dr. Virginia Bianco Mathis on the East Coast. Ginny, how are you? I am great. Thank you. And I guess also on the East Coast in Schenectady, New York. We're excited (laughs) to have Taryn Janelle, founder and CEO of Janelle Group and 150-person software consulting company that has made the Inc. 5000 list five years in a row. Today on the podcast, we're going to learn from Darren how to create a sense of connectedness in Schenectady. Can you say (laughs) that? A sense of connectedness in Schenectady. Oh, yeah. So anyways, Darren, how are you this morning? I'm doing fantastic, Mitch. Thanks for having me. Fired up to be a guest on the podcast. You nailed it, Schenectady. You, You pronounced that properly. And actually, you mentioned we just hit the Inc. 5000 list five years in a row is what you said, because that's what it was when we sent that information over. We just found out we hit it for the sixth. Not easy to get on. So six years of connectedness and Schenectady. I love that. (laughs) I can't say that, but we're going to move on. So the first question, Darren, before we get into what Janelle Group does, is what has surprised you the most over the last two years? Yeah. I spent some time thinking about this because you gave me a heads up. You would ask this one question. And I mean, there's tons that that surprised me, right? We joke, I'm in this business owners group and we were talking about COVID back right when I first heard about it and like it was about to be a thing and they were all planning their, making their contingency plans. And I was like, guys, I don't know what you're getting so excited about. This is going to be another nothing, just like the bird flu. COVID won't impact much. Trust me, guys. And so just to, to say I was a little bit off, I think, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's fair. You know, in terms of a specific, I, it surprised me how quickly a good portion of our population got so used to staying in their house, right? People love staying in their house. Me, I couldn't wait to get out. I mean, I'm an extrovert and, you know, people are different, but it amazed me how many people became so comfortable staying in their house. And I think it's still happening to this day. A certain part of the population is just like COVID gave me the excuse to, to stay inside. And that's something that caught me off guard. Yeah. I'm in my house right now. Tell us about Janelle Group. Now said that when it hit, it didn't really, you didn't think it would impact you that much. So tell us about Janelle Group, some of the things that make your culture unique, but also, you know, how distributed is your culture? Sure. So, you know, I'll start with our business model, what we do, right? We are software engineers. We have talented software creators, not just coders, but project managers, QA. People come to us to build great software. Sometimes we build the entire project ourselves. We'll design it and be everything for them. 
And then more often than not, we'll come alongside an already existing software development team who needs a little bit more firepower. They need some talent. They'll come to us to supplement their team. And that's our business in a nutshell. We started this business back in 2012. So we've been at it about a decade now. Grew the team. My brother and I are the co-founders. Grew the team from just the two of us to about 150 now. And we are obsessed with building culture, obsessed with building a special team. We're maniacally focused on it. We're insane, you probably would say. I love that. Maniacs. You're maniacs. Yeah, Jenny, I'm not making any apologies around here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're just absolutely obsessed with that. And, you know, you'll, you'll hear kind of the same theme over and over from me. Find great people, bring them in, and then it's about you serving them, taking care of them, creating that culture creating that sense of connectedness. And that's what it's all about, right? And we're so focused on that, Mitch, and the culture. And I'm glad that, you know, I'll be happy to dive into anything yes. you're curious about. Yeah, well, maniacally, I haven't heard that word for a long time. So I love that. What are some of the things that you are maniacally focused on in the area of culture and connectedness? Yeah, well, first off is building the right team, right? Getting the right people on the team. Because you can talk all you want about culture and this great leader and everything. If you don't have the right people on the team, it all goes out the window. You hear about these great coaches and sports and, oh, they won all these championships. Let's look at their players, right? That's 80% of it, right? I'm a college basketball guy. John Wooden back in the day at UCLA was winning all these championships. Well, yeah, he had Kareem and Bill Wallen, right? I think my mom might have been able to win a championship. Now, I'm not missing John Wooden. I think he's a great coach and he's amazing. It starts with the right people on the team. And so, you know, if you want to get to our obsession let me outline our recruiting funnel. So this year, this is how like psycho we are about getting the right people. This year, we're going to vet 150,000 people. Right? That's a quick LinkedIn stalking or quick resume review. Of those 150,000, we're going to interview 1,500 of them. And we're going to try to hire about 50 to 60 people. And so when you think about that funnel... Think about who's coming out of the bottom of that funnel. We are getting stars and people that we are connected to. And so that's really, that's the first core tenant of what we're trying to do here. I want the best people. I'll fly out to California to have lunch with somebody if that's something that, you know, we need to do. We kind of treat it like a college football program recruiting, right? How are you going to get the best quarterback? Well, you got to go recruit them. And that's the way we look at it. So you have this philosophy. People are their best when they're part of a special team. Where did that philosophy come from? And tell us more how that shows up at Janelle Group. Yeah. So my brother and I, we grew up playing sports. We were really big basketball guys, obsessed with you know, I think obsession is a part of our DNA. Mm -hmm. We were obsessed with basketball back then. Since then, we've replaced that obsession uh, with our business. And so we were lucky enough to play on a few really special teams over the years. And it just felt so awesome being a part of that. And then... As we moved on in life and were part of different types of teams, and they didn't have that same feeling, it didn't sit well with me. I was like, why doesn't this feel the same as that great team that I was on back in 1994? And so that frustration would set in. And so we really started to think about this and analyze this and be intentional about it. And so when you think about people being, you know, I say people are best when they're a part of a special team. And a special team does not have to be a sports team. It could be a startup company. It could be a band, a fraternity, sorority, whatever. But in my early experience, it was sports teams. 
People are the happiest, right? They have the most energy. They're the most fired up to go in and work hard and sacrifice for each other when they're a part of a special team. Special teams bring out the best in each person. They're challenging each other. They're competitive with each other, but it's the light side of competitiveness. There's a dark side of that too, right? When people get too competitive, now it's, hey, we're not on the same side here. But the number one telltale sign of a special team for me, guys, is a special team is just like a magnet. It draws people in. People just want to be around that special team. And so, you know, maybe after practice, nobody really leaves. They kind of hang out for another hour. People come early to practice. People go out after the big game or, again, you know, take a company, for example. On happy hour, people aren't racing out the door. They actually want to hang out and spend time together. They're doing things outside of work together. They're bringing their family and friends in. And their family and friends want to be around that thing because they can feel the special team they can feel it as well. They might not be able to put their finger on why. They just want to be around it. So you talked about interviewing all these people and you hire them to be part of a wonderful team experience. And you fly out to California or wherever it is to interview people on Zoom or whatever. What are you looking for that would say this person is going to fit us better than this other? All right. So that's my first part. My second part, now they're on the team. What is it that you all do that then creates, oh my gosh, this is a magnetic team? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the first part, what are we looking for? And I could probably do a six hour talk on recruiting and all of the little nuances and our whole funnel and all of that. But at the end of the day, we're looking for people with that servants mentality who are really high performers. And so we have a million different types of questions that we're looking for. We're going to really strange places in the interviews and we're talking about, you know, people's past and what really makes them tick. If they have that servant's mentality and they've always been a high performer, the odds are they're going to they're going to continue that for the rest of their life. No matter what we do, we could switch and start building houses tomorrow and they might not even know anything about construction. But if they have the servant's mentality and they've always been good at almost everything they've ever done, they're going to figure out how to build houses yeah. with us. Now, they might not like it and they might quit, but if they <laughs> like it, they're going to work for us. And so okay. we're really trying to drill in on those two things really specifically. But then once we get a star, once we convince them and they buy into what we're selling, then it's our job. We better deliver on that. We better you know, provide the type of environment where they can architect the life that they want, right? Yes. It's, it's up to them. It's our job now to serve them. They don't work for us. We work for them. And so we're huge on servant leadership ourselves. This is a key, Jenny, I think. What works for me might not work for them. And everybody is different, right? So when we talk about our company culture, we look at it like a self-serve buffet. So if people want to lean in and take part in certain things, then please do. And hopefully they'll love it. And if they don't want to do that, that's okay too. Because everybody with the 45 year old father of three kids wants is going to be different than the single woman who's 24 years old and just building her career. They want to architect a different life for themselves. So everything we put in front of them is for their benefit and they can pick and choose what they want. A lot of companies that have an intense, great culture it's kind of like, hey, if you don't fully buy in and drink the Kool-Aid, you're like an outcast weirdo on the sidelines. I guess I got to fly out and go to this stupid event that the CEO won't shut up about. Or if you don't want to do one of our things, then please don't do it. This is all for you so you can have a better life. So again, once we get them in, it's about serving them. So can you tell us what do you have on the buffet that makes your culture so unique? Sure, sure. I think this dovetails 
into you know what you guys do with your company. I was doing some research and my homework on you guys, and I yeah, see those awesome. amazing retreats that you guys plan. Yeah, right. And I know one of the tenets of this podcast is about distributed teams. So yes. we have about two thirds of our company are located up here where we are, but another third it's of our company is is across the country in twenty seven different states. So wow. we are fully remote, and even half the people that are local here don't come into the office every day, or some of them are fully remote. So what we're looking to do is we're looking to create one, two, hopefully three or four really amazing in-person experiences per year. Okay. So if I can get that person to to fly out from California and come, we have this uh, annual event every year called War Week. It's kind of our culture event and it's kind of crazy and there's a lot of fun. If we can get them to come out and actually lean into that event and make true connections with people and do wild stuff and do extraordinary things. When you think this is probably the way you guys approach some of your retreat stuff, when you do something extraordinary with somebody, something outside of your ordinary life, it helps fast forward relationship and development. If I take a trip with somebody and I go to China, I've never been to China before. When I come back from that two week trip with this person that I just met, I kind of feel like our relationship is fast forwarded because we did this unique thing together. So if we're getting our people to come out, maybe they spend a week with us at War Week and they're working till four in the morning and they're doing all kinds of cool stuff with people. Then maybe six months later, we all fly out to Las Vegas for the AWS conference and we have another really awesome, unique time there. Well, now real friendships form. Mm-hmm. Bonds have been created. Now when we do some of the remote stuff, it's going to resonate more, right? Put 12 software engineers on a virtual happy hour drinking beers and it's going to be a nightmare. They're not connected. They feel awkward. Nobody knows when to speak. Everybody wants to get the hell out of there. But if we've already had a couple times where we've really created that relationship and now I care about the other 10 people on this call, this virtual happy hour, well, now it's not just a BS virtual happy hour. I'm actually having drinks with my friends and we're telling stories and what about that time? And that's where the magic happens, right? So it's creating those experiences or... Actually, it's up to us to create an environment where those experiences can happen. We can't really force those experiences. Let's just right. trying to create that environment and hopefully that magic will happen. Does that make sense, Mitch? Yeah, it does. So a war week, it sounds like it's a week of activities. Yeah, so the name's kind of wild, right? Because in the early days, I think we've done eight of them now, eight years in a row. In the early days, it was kind of about, let's go to war for a week and like work crazy hours and build amazing stuff. We kind of took a page out of like Google and like FedEx days where you build something in 24 hours. And it was kind of more of a hackathon. And over the years, as our team got more distributed, it became less about, hey, fly out and just work 80 hours working on some software stuff. And we really wanted to connect more. So over time, it became more events and a beer pong tournament and a talent show. And now it's really more of a culture fun event. We kept the name War Week just because we love that. But nobody's going to war anymore. (laughs) Right, right. So you're building the social capital so they can tap into that throughout the year. Who puts those events together? I mean, you have this wonderful event brain team. My brother is kind of the mastermind. He loves War Week. It's one of his babies and he's fantastic at driving that. But we have a team of probably 15 to 20 people that participate and help planning different things, taking the lead on different events, you know, and so we really, we distribute that work and the burden of that, but it's not really a burden because people are taking the thing that they love and they're the most passionate about and running with it. And so like, here's an example during war week, a couple of our guys, they love, you know, they're younger guys who you know love to drink and they love playing beer pong. 
And so they put together a tournament. And actually at this year, this next one, next war week upcoming, it's going to be a $10,000 beer pong tournament. So if you love beer pong, wouldn't it be easy to throw a tournament that the winner gets 10 Gs? I mean, that's an absolutely amazing moment when the guy or girl hits that final shot and everybody mobs them and, you know, we'll have this on film. So if they got the weight of Janelle Group and the budget and, hey, guys, you're going to get support, it makes it fun really running one of these events. And so we kind of distribute it. But I'd say my brother is kind of the puppet master. Okay. I see. So your brother... Played a lot of beer pong. My brother is damn good at beer pong, but the only problem is I'm his partner and like, I'm just not that good. I tried to break up with him last year to try to help him. I said, I'm dragging you down. I put him with one of our better players. And he says, no, bro, I'm in it. I'm in with you since birth. Let's go. We're going to be partners. And I cost him another championship. (laughs) Wow. I'm sorry about that. But 10,000 bucks is on the line. Your brother might want another another partner this time. This is a lot of fun. A great assortment of activities that appeals to everyone of all ages. I'd love to ask you, how do you recognize your team members in a way they feel appreciated across the company, especially since you share that you know, two-thirds of your company is local, but they don't come in every day. One-third of the company is all the way out in California. So what do you do so they feel this sense of, gosh, this company loves me, I'm supported. What might happen to me if I'm on the team? Sure. You know, before we get into all of our gimmicks, and we are fantastic at gimmicks, I'll tell you that, you know, making sure that the people on the team are actually cared for on a day to basis, because all the other stuff, again, is kind of gimmicky. But, you know, is somebody listening to them? Is somebody working with them? Are they part of a team? Are they feeling that connectedness for their real work, right? Because if the CEO swoops in and I give them some silly trophy and we have awesome silly trophies, and then I give you $100 and I go, yay, uh, Mitch did it. You go, all right, that was cool. But, you know, now I don't hear from him again for the next six months. So we want to make sure that first and foremost, they're actually cared for on a daily, weekly basis on their teams. And then when it comes to gimmicks, oh my goodness, I think we are world-class at this. And we have all different kinds of unique trophies. We have the Beast Trophy. It's the coolest trophy I've ever seen. It's kind of like this, kind of like Hulk figure ripping things off. <laughs> People do Beast efforts. They get that trophy and some cash. But I think one of the things we do really well and uniquely is we give super thoughtful and unique gifts. And so... Over the years, we've had so many amazing stories, right? If somebody's in the hospital and they're struggling with their bills, you know, if one of the leaders shows up and they actually have an envelope full of maybe $5,000 in cash and they hand that to the person's mother, you know, the mother breaks down in tears and the guy who, you know, that changed. If somebody's parents are having a 50th wedding anniversary party and you send a ridiculous flower arrangement, like an absurd one where it's like the centerpiece and everybody's like, who sent that? Kathy and Mike's son, Bill, he works at this amazing company, doing things for the kids, doing things for that touch their family, right? If you're an employee and you're doing well, would you rather get a certificate and recognize at the meeting? Or would you rather when your, your son and daughter come into the company, the leaders of the company come out and say, you know how badass your dad is? Your dad is so great that he did ba 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 ba. Wow. Kids. And then you bless that kid up with a gift, like something really cool because you're right. listening, you're paying attention, you know what they're into, right? <sighs> Maybe I bought a, a $50 video game that this kid wanted. And not only did I hype the dad up appropriately because he earned it, I blessed the kid up with the video game. The kid's never going to forget that moment for the rest of the No. And the dad's going to love that way more than a $500 check. You know, it's just something really interesting. In the early days, we got one of the girls, she was young and she had the worst car you've ever seen. And so she hit a sales goal and we got her a car. And so when you do these types of things, 
that was the early days. We didn't have much money. The car cost like three grand. So right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, when you're doing things like that and a young person has a $300 car that doesn't work and you get them a $3,000 car. Yeah. It's still a junker, but that thing works. That changes their life. They'll never forget that. Wow. So. Gosh, you've got a really great focus on family. Mm-hmm. I love that, which is kind of great. It's you and your brother. And those are really great ideas, something to think about. You also mentioned that we really care for our employees. And I'd love to understand what happens on a day-to-day basis to demonstrate care for your employees. Yeah. So, you know, I think first off, the easy lift is if you go to companies that have like, we have cool culture, we have an amazing space for them. That was everyone. That was air quotes. That was air quotes, by the way. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're on a podcast. Like, right. It was a cool culture, air quotes. Yeah. And you're like, oh, we have a ping pong table. It's like, all right, great. But you, you treat your people like shit, you know? So, but, but we start with all of the easy stuff, kegs in the office, ping pong tables, all that stuff. And then, you know, making sure that people are set up, that they have the best laptop that we can get, mm-hmm. nerd love their equipment, right? Or they have their double, triple monitors. Do they have a dope seat, a chair to sit in, an air on chair, whatever it is. So setting them up with all of that stuff. But again, that's all kind of like the easy stuff. And that's like not personal. It's actually connecting with them, making sure that you're listening to them. You're there for them. You're helping facilitate them actually create real relationships, right? Whether it be with somebody on the leadership team or with their coworkers, but the leadership team's got to be there listening, working, helping them take their career and steering it where they want it to go. You can only have so many happy hours with free beer and pizza. It's like, okay, great. Thanks for the pizza. But I haven't moved my career forward in three years. And so I think it's just kind of that constant employee focus. Focus on you. What do you want? What do they want next? Career-wise, what's going on in their personal life? What can we do to continue to enable them to grow and move forward? Because when people stop feeling progress, that's when they start to get to itch to, to leave or say, you know, maybe it's time for an end of this season of my career. It seems that all the managers and leaders have to have that same mindset. How do you notice when something's off? I think we have such good, close personal relationships with most of the folks that we know. You know, they have someone on the leadership team that they will go to and speak to. It might not be me. I mean, I think I have a great relationship, but they look at me as, oh, he's the CEO. Maybe I shouldn't tell him I'm actually interviewing or thinking about interviewing. But maybe someone else on the leadership team, they have a different relationship with, and maybe they went out drinking late one night and they have actual real friendship. You know, when that person says, oh, you know, I have been interviewing. Why? And we start to get that information (laughs) and that feedback. Well, maybe we can remedy that, right? Maybe we can do something here in the short term to fix that. Maybe we can't. Maybe it's like we need to come alongside them and say, oh, wow, you want to actually move into maybe building video games. Okay, well, that's not what we do here, but we have a sick network of people that are in that industry. Maybe we can help you get into that field, right? Now we're serving a person to leave our company, which sounds completely insane, but it's about them, not us. So if we do that enough over years, decades, we're just going to build a network of people that, that we're truly connected to. You, you and your brother are very expansive in terms of building the network. It's other companies. It's building a network through kids, through parents. And I love that energy around that. So we usually see this in really great companies. You're focusing on personal growth. And of course, you've been growing double digits every year. And how do you keep a strong culture with such rapid growth? Yeah, that was a huge challenge for us, Mitch, as we've kind of gone on this journey. You know, in the early days, I feel like it was kind of easy. 
because it was, you know, a smaller team. We were all working in the same building. You know, my brother and I were on every single project and we could just kind of through sheer energy and force of will, like it just worked and it was easy. As we started to grow, maybe as we hit about 40 people, it started to get a little bit more challenging. And so what we were very intentional about was starting to build out and scale out the leadership team. It couldn't be my brother and I doing it all. And so before you know it, we had three or four people on the leadership team, you know, five or six. Now we're at about 150 people and the leadership team is 15 people strong, right? And so now, you know, it's not crazy for somebody to have a leader to have 10 people that they kind of care for. I can do that. I can check in with people once a week. I can have different conversations. I can be there for those 10 people. And so if we kind of divide it up across, you know, the leadership team, I think that's been the biggest thing. Another thing that was really huge is, again, in the early days, it was my brother and I kind of spearheading a lot of stuff. But over time, what we've seen is the culture started to take on a life of its own. For example, we got a crew of people here that play Dungeons and Dragons. There's a whole crew. One of the guys 3D printed a board. I think they even have a virtual thing. There's a video game group. There's fantasy football. There's a whole crew that plays ping pong in the office. There's all kinds of video gamers. There's chess club. These are things that are going on. Like, I don't even know what's going on. People be like, oh, I'm on tonight, XYZ club. And I'm like, what? What's going on? Like, oh yeah, Mike runs this thing. And every Thursday we get on and we play Counter-Strike Go or whatever it is. And so as we've grown, because we have the right people on the team, the culture is just kind of taking on a life of its own. And good people will create that. I wish I could tell you we were so smart and we sat back and we tried to do this, but it was just good people started doing cool stuff and we just let it go. And then we throw a little bit of money at it. We go, oh, you guys are already doing this. Wouldn't it be cool if you had a few hundred bucks to, I don't know, buy new video game stuff or you want to run a tournament and the winner gets 500 bucks. We get behind these things and just sponsor them with a little bit of cash. They were happening anyway. And now they're, you know, now they really got life. And so I think taking on a life of its own has been really cool. Very nice. And so with this leadership team of 15 people, how much of your time when you're meeting, are you talking about culture? Oh, a ton. I mean, it's a ton, right? And there's kind of a, a crew, we call it the engagement team. They're really like five people. They're really focused on that, like almost full time, different flavors of engagement. And then probably the other 10 leaders are all helping out in different ways or spearheading different initiatives but we're all pitching in. And it's not just the leadership team. Again, it's kind of the whole company now. And there's probably another 20 people that, in addition to the 15 leaders that are also helping out and really spearheading things. And then another thing back to it being a buffet of our 150 people, we probably have a 40 people who are just like, yeah, I'm cool, dude. I work with good people. I got good work. I got three kids at home. I don't need any of this BS. I don't want to go to chess club. I don't want to play Dungeons and Dragons. I don't want to come out and drink beers with you and act like an idiot. I just want to do my work and I'll be happy. And that's cool too. Again, I think that's something unique that we do where like a lot of intense cultures would be like, bro, why aren't you coming out for war week? You're not going to be there. I'm going to be working till five in the morning. Doesn't that sound fun? People are like, hell no, I don't want any part of that. Good. Then stay home. And then there's no pressure, which I think is unique. You know, that is very unique to pretty much say, Hey, we're a buffet. We're happy being a buffet. And there are some people just, you know, they won't eat the shrimp and that's just okay. And Mitch, that was, that was tough for me in the early days. We'd throw an event and I'd be like, well, why didn't they come? And it's like, oh, well, you know, I mean, it's so obvious now, but in the early days, it just maybe it hurt my feelings or like, am I not fun? Am I not cool? Right. Like, you know, I need to be loved by everybody. That's probably- You're what definitely cool. Cause on this podcast, you, you use the word sick, you use the word dope, 
You didn't use the word tight, which I'm, you know, we'll have to get to on the next podcast. But otherwise, <laughs> love to move on to where can we learn more about your company and your culture and find you? Sure. If you need talented software engineers, reach out to us, please. We'd love it. JanelleGroup.com. That's J-A-H-N-E-L group.com. And you can check out, we've got a bunch of videos and pictures on there that demonstrate some of our culture. So I think the main video on the page, it's like a highlight video. And my brother smashes a painting over my head at the end. So if you want to see that. Oh, that's fun. You can check, yeah, that's you can good. check that out. And then also I have a personal brand as well. So look up Darren Janelle on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok. And if you like any of my BS, I got lots of BS to sell you. So, you know, I just right. love talking and trying to add some value. <laughs> You're like, I'm BS. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Darren. This has been such a fun and engaging and energetic interview for all of us. Thank you, Ginny, for yeah. really great questions. Thank you to our listeners for hanging out with us. And please share this great podcast with your friends, your colleagues, and now your family. And we'll see you on the next episode of Team Anywhere. Anywhere.